Welcome to C3 Church Central Coast Sermon Cast. We pray that you'll be inspired and impacted by this message and trust that you're better equipped to live your best life. Now, Joshua. Now, before you, Joshua 24, it's the last chapter of the book of Joshua. But just before you read that, I want to read uh, a couple of verses from Deuteronomy. And this is when Moses was standing before the Israelites and he said to them, Israel, this is Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 and 13. But as I said, we're going to go to Joshua 24. So Moses said back in Deuteronomy, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. I love that last bit. It's for your own good that you obey God, follow God, serve God, attend to his commandments. Well, at least one of the listeners on that day did exactly that. He feared God. He walked in God's ways right throughout his life and he served God and his name was Joshua. And that's what I want to look at this morning. We're looking at Old Testament characters. And Joshua lived a great life and at the end of his life, here he is, the last chapter, both figuratively and literally, of the book of Joshua, about the life of Joshua. And here he is and he's leaving the Israelites with a recap of where they've come from but a charge of where they need to keep going. And how they need to keep going. And I want to read from about verse 14 right through. And it says, Joshua speaking, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered, Oh, far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed these great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we've travelled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land, we too will serve the Lord, Lord, because he is our God. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He's a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he's been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are my witnesses. You are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses, they replied. Now then, throw away, said Joshua, throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord and God, serve the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people and there at Sesham, he drew up for them decrees and laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. And then he took a large stone and he set it up there under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard, amen. 
It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It will be a witness against you if you are untrue to your Lord. Then Joshua sent the people away, each to his own inheritance. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. 110 is pretty good innings. And then just read on briefly, it says, They buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timnath Serah in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaish. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. Well, now that's quite a passage. I don't know if you noticed one word particularly that that kept standing out, or one phrase at least, and that's the, the word or the phrase serve and to serve the Lord. It appears 14 different times in that passage. Plus there's the description of Joshua himself as the servant of the Lord. And that term really sums up a true believer, a true follower of God, someone who's not looking for others to serve them, but who's willing to serve God, to live a life that leaves this kind of legacy, that, that means that they're remembered best by a phrase that is a servant of God, just as Joshua was remembered by. And, and of course, for us in the New Testament era, that, that phrase could be a, a servant of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. And Joshua lived this kind of life. When you go back and look and think and read about his life, um, in fact, the very first appearance of Joshua in the Bible is back in the book of Exodus, and it says the Amalekites were attacking Israel. And Moses, it says, Moses said to Joshua, choose some men and go out and fight against the Amalekites. So Joshua, and then the very next verse, it says, so Joshua fought the Amalekites just as Moses had ordered him. And so he had become a captain or a general in the army at a young age by serving, by following commandments, by going with the code of conduct and discipline that's in any you know, military service. And he served God by serving his leader, Moses. And it says he did just as Moses had said. And not everybody could have that said about them. Of Moses, of other leaders, people would say, oh, who do you think you are? Or, I don't want to do it your way. Or, having a whinge and a complaint. You don't ever see Joshua saying that or doing that. And then when you read on in the the book of Exodus, there's this amazing little verse that says, Moses would meet with God in the tent of meeting. It says he would meet with him face to face, just as a man meets with a friend. And then it says Moses would return to the camp But his young aide, Joshua, would stay at the tent. He loved the presence of God. He felt the call of God where he he didn't want to just live for himself. He thought, yeah, okay, God, I get it. I want to hang around you and your ways. I I want to serve you. I want to live for you. And then you've got this great passage in the book of Numbers, chapter 14. You know the passage where the the, um, the spies go into the promised land. And 12 spies go in, but only two come back with a good report, Joshua and Caleb. And they're the only two that capture what God really wants to do rather than just look at the circumstances and get freaked out by the giants and the challenges in the land. But they've got a good report because it's a report of faith, a report that lines up with God's will. And he says, no, we can go in. We can take that land. 
even though there are challenges. We'll do it. And that was serving God's purposes, not just looking after his own skin. Oh, no, it's too scary. <laughs> I don't know what God wants to do, but I'm telling you, I'm not going in there. You know, and That's what the other guys were happy to, to, to go with. And finally, you read the whole story of how Joshua was chosen to succeed Moses and to serve God by leading the people into Canaan and taking a hold of that land as God's promised land for the people. And so now at the end of his life, Joshua could say, hey, I'm not just talking the talk, I've walked the walk. I've done what I'm talking about and I'm charging you guys to serve the Lord. I'm talking to you about serving and he's challenging them and saying, I, look, this is the best way to live. This is how I live. This is how my households can live. But the choice is yours because he knows how that lifestyle of being devoted and committed and serving God, he knows that that's very different to the ways of the world. That back then, as there is today, there were plenty of distractions for those people to go with, to be caught up by, rather than just to be wholeheartedly serving God. And for us, you know, it's, it's very easy just to go with the, the flow of society and have all sorts of other pursuits rather than a, a passion to serve God. And, and the flow is very much to say, well, I've I, got to look after myself. You know, that's the spirit of the age and the world we live in. I've got, got to care for myself and my own and I've got to strive to be a self-made success story and, and, I, and I want stuff for me. I want people to like me. I want to be popular. I want this. I want that. I want things. I want stuff. And, I, and, and I, I'm going to spend my time and my money and my energy to look after myself, to make my life better. And... And we might not articulate it that crudely because it sounds very selfish, but that's kind of within the heart of each one of us, isn't it? And, and, and if we are going to give to someone, we are going to make a sacrifice or give our heart, time, energy, influence, whatever to other people, there's, there's a temptation for, for a deal going on where there's a sense of, well, all right, I'll do it, but I, I want something back. I want to benefit from this. I, I'll, I'll kind of help person or I'll give to that cause, but only because I can see some direct benefit. In other words, I'm a consumer. I want stuff for me. And if I'm going to give, it's only because I'm going to get something back making a good deal. I got rights. I got privileges. You know? And this is, this, is, this is a mentality that can, can affect us, even, even if we're seeking to know Jesus, to, to be a, a follower of Christ we can become a carnal kind of Christian, a consumer kind of Christian, where we just shop around, go to the church that offers me the deal that I like, that is suiting me, not just where God has called me to stay. Uh, I want you know God to bless my plans for my life rather than me just find out what his plans are. And so selfish is the word that sums all that up. Like I said, we don't really want to think of it like that and we probably wouldn't brazenly speak that out and often be aware of it even, but it's the main barrier to God's call on us to be servants because a servant really is called not to be selfish, to not think of themselves. And yet there's this struggle within us that says, well, hold on, what about me? I've got to look after myself. And I want." And Josh, he got the better of that struggle. He, he was able to just lay his life down and say, no, I'm, I'm serving the Lord. 
and my household. Kids? Yes, Dad? We're serving the Lord. Okay. And just that was his influence. That was his leadership. That was his servant heart. And, and of course, we're called to do the same, to lay our lives down before Jesus. You know, the Hebrew word there that is used in that passage so many times for servant or to serve the Lord, it's a word called orbad. And, and it means to, to work. And by implication, it's used for the word serve. But other translations from that Hebrew word into English, it can be service and servant and serving, but it can also be translated work, to keep in bondage, to be a bond servant, to enslave, to compel, to labor, and to till, as in to till the soil, to dig the ground. So they're quite strong words, aren't they? That's commitment. That's work. That's hard yakka. That's not just ask Jesus to come into your life and bless you. You know, that's God does bless us, but that's not the full deal, the full picture of the call of God. And that's why Jesus said, and it's recorded in the book of Matthew, he said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you know this passage? It's, it's in about Matthew 7. And he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father. And he says, on that day, meaning the final day, the judgment day, he says, it's pretty strong stuff here. Many will say to me, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And did we not drive out demons and perform many miracles? And Jesus, he says, but I will say to them, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's pretty full on, isn't it? So it's not simple. It's not as simple as just go, oh, Lord, oh, help me. Oh, you know, everyone's a Christian when they're drowning. You know, it's like, oh, emergency Christian. Oh, God, just call them out. There's the call of God. And that's, you know, a little more than just, Lord, help me, bless me, follow me around, fix me up. You know, and now, okay, Lord, I don't need you, but just be on call, please. Just, you know, like, like ice or triple O or something on the phone, you know, and just call, God, help, God. You know, and God's so gracious. He'll meet us. At those points. But he has got more for us. And yet the choice is ours. And, and it's not all tough stuff. You know, that same word that is work and serve and hard yakka and all that. You know what? That same Hebrew word can be translated worship and is. For example, in Psalm 100 verse 2, the New King James Bible says, Serve the Lord with gladness. But the NIV says, worship the Lord with gladness. And they're both correct, valid translations because the same word is used from the Hebrew into English to capture what people might think is two different thoughts. Worship, oh, that sounds nice. Anyone can do that. Serve, uh, servile, under the thumb of someone else. Get away. No. No, to serve God is to worship God. As we work for God, as we serve God, as we submit to God, that is part of our worship. That can be a really heartfelt, wonderful, glad thing. And notice it says, serve the Lord or worship the Lord with gladness. There's nothing better than than to worship God, to bless God, to be called to do something for and and with God. There's a, there's a, a good revelation there for us. You know, so today when we talk about recruitment, you know, 
God wants you. Come on, sign up, get on a roster, be involved. Don't just be a spectator, be a participator, you know, and all. And people will be out there trying to con you into their ministry with their food. No doubt the young adults has got the unfair advantage of having Subway, you know, cookie dough or whatever. I don't know what they're going to, you know, try and win you in with to try and get you to help. In fact, I don't know what help they need sort of hang out, but um, no, 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 they're doing soup kitchen stuff, you know, but, but so everyone will be out there and they'll probably, you know, bribe, I mean, encourage you with, you know, food and come on, you know, but it's not all hard yakka. It's not, it's not just, you know, duty or, or dreary drudgery. Oh yeah, what do you do at church? I have to do that. I'm on a roster. Oh, I want music today. Oh no, I've got to go early. It's, it's worshipping the Lord, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's worshipping God in a practical way. It's building his house, building his kingdom, serving the king of kings. It's, there's a rejoicing in our heart over, wow, I've got the privilege of serving God. That is awesome. And so that's a very different mindset, as I said, to the ways of the world around us, where it's normal to think about ourselves, to act for ourselves. And you know, one of the devil's greatest weapons particularly in Western modern civilization, is to take the comparatively comfortable lives that we have compared to most people in the world. I mean, you ask the Buttricks, they just got back from South Africa, 25% unemployment. I just read that yesterday. We've got 6% in our country. So I've never been, but I can only imagine. There's, there's, there's some struggles going on in many parts of the world. And in our part of the world, you can get by. You can do more than just get by. And it, it can be very comfortable. But the devil wants to turn that sense of comfort and contentment into complacency and can have you caught up with there's so many options, so many things you can spend your money and time on to entertain yourself, to focus on yourself, to just look after yourself. And that's not to say God doesn't want us to be blessed. But it's just a matter of prioritizing and energy and how much time and effort and heart focus we have on either ourselves or on a bigger picture, the bigger picture, the cause of Christ, yeah? And so there's a challenge there for us. And if we're not careful, we'll just fail, really, by serving ourselves. And Christians are far from exempt from this entrapment of the enemy to try and get people caught up in comforts. Because although the Bible teaches us that we're you know, king's kids, and we can be blessed, we can be prosperous. If you're not careful, you'll just, under the banner of the blessing of God, chase after material things. You know, there's sadly too many Christians who are still just looking after themselves rather than being sold out as servants of God and then calling it, oh, it's the blessing of God. Wow, well, it, it, you know, the blessing of God's there. But if that's all you want, then you've, you know, lost the big picture. We need to catch a revelation. You know, Romans 12 talks about being renewed in our mind, having a, the right way of thinking. And, uh, and we need to know, yes, I'm loved by God. He wants to bless me. I'm a son or you're a daughter of God. And, and I'm accepted and, God, and forgiven and, and God wants to bless me. Uh, and I don't have to earn my salvation. And that's all very wonderful. But at the same time, I want to serve God. You know, I'm a son of God, but a good son wants to help his dad's business. 
You know, he just doesn't look on when his dad's working away. You know, he wants to help out. He wants to see the business grow, or in this case, he wants to see dad's kingdom expand. And so we're not saved by serving, but we are saved for serving. You hear that? Amen? You, you know, we're not saved by our serving, by our work, but we are saved for the call of serving. Do you remember that um, book, The Purpose Driven Life, and Rick Warren, and we did the 40 days of community, 40 days of purpose? The first line in that book, I'll never forget it. It's very clever. He says, it's not about you. Oh, and it's almost offensive. You know, I wonder if some people have just thrown the book away there and never gone any further. What do you mean? Of course it's about me. It's all about me. Again, we might not articulate that, but there's a little almost shocking kind of realisation. Oh, I see. And he goes on. Say, come on, reality check. There's a place for you on earth that goes beyond your own pleasure. There's a cause, a calling, a purpose for you. And, you know, he, he develops the whole argument of a purpose, purpose for God and purpose for ministry and and as we serve God, a large part of that is serving other people. And he talks about that in those series and in that book. In fact, at one point he says this, we are most like Jesus when we are serving others. That's a good quote. We are most like Jesus when we are serving others. In fact, better than his quote is a quote from God's word itself, which I've got here, Galatians 5.13. Listen to this. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. That's what I'm saying. We're called to be free. Hey, wow, God, God's so gracious. He'll bless us. I can just get by, look after. Yeah, but don't indulge. Don't abuse the freedom. Use the freedom. Make the right choices. And that's why God calls us into his church, because we then are less likely to live isolated lives, and we've got an opportunity to serve. We can see the needs in other people's lives. And we're not having some... Also, we're not, we're not weird. Okay, we're all weird. But we're less likely to be weird or we'll be weirder on a slightly lower scale. We'll be a little less unbalanced uh, you know, uh, 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 in our ideas of how we're living for God, how we're serving God. I mean, if you've been around for a while, sadly, you would have seen like me uh, people living without any sense of accountability and just deciding by themselves, this is how I'll do life with God. I'll do it my way, you know, and it's, and they end up with strange doctrines, you know, funny ministry pursuits, socially awkward ways of engaging people with the gospel. I was with a friend just Monday night. We are in another town and walking after dinner in the street in the evening and we walked past a house that had... Christian signs outside and one of them was uh, I can't remember the exact words but it was good it was like you know love people like Jesus did or something and I said oh that's good this guy's having a go you know stirring people up to live for the Lord and the pastor that I was with um, said yeah pretty funny though he talks about loving people he's the weirdest most antisocial guy you've ever met he said I've tried to meet him he won't talk he doesn't go to church and it's just sort of this weird irony. You know, he's got the sign out there, but he's just disconnected from people, from reality, from the church of Jesus that he, she's, you know, he's called to be in. And so when we make a commitment, and it's not, as I said, just a shopping mentality, but a commitment planting 
godly mentality of being in his house with his people, in his family, then we get our weirdness addressed a little, you know, and we can have the rough edges polished and we can, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the other, the Bible says. And so some of us need some sharpening. You know, we got some rough, crazy edges. Uh, and it's good for us. And, um, and it's not just us working hard for other people. There's a wonderful reciprocal deal that goes on where you're sowing and you reap, where you're giving and you are receiving, where it's only a matter of time. Listen, it's only a matter of time before you will need help from someone else. And it may not be just your kids or your dad or your spouse or someone who's super, super close to you. It's going to be someone in the extended family of God. And who's going to help you except those that you're already in relationship with, those that you've connected with, especially those that you've given to. They're the first ones coming and the first ones available. As we give, we'll receive. And so that's why we can catch that joyful spirit of going, yeah, I'll be a servant of God. It it ends up being a blessing for me. I'm not just out to, you know, suck it up and help out and get nothing back out of it. Um, I don't know if you remember, but we had a guy in our church a number of years ago, Pastor Scott Bernard. And uh, some of you may have had him teach you at college a few years ago. He's back in the States now and a great servant of God. He uh, has served Pastor Mike Hankins and that church over in Dallas where Ruth and I first visited on our way to Russia many years ago. And then he, he served in Phil Pringle's church for a while. And I had him come and preach. In fact, I said to him on Facebook just yesterday, I found his notes. It was five years ago this week. And he preached on this subject. And he talked about serving. And I knew that he had served in the team pastoring situations, not as the senior pastor, but serving other pastors and the vision that God had given them. So I knew that he had the stuff. And he shared so well. And I found some of his notes and, and told him on Facebook, you know, hey, g'day and, and thanks and, you, you know, all what you do. And he was chuffed. He said, thank you. You know, he's got energy to go on living life now. Thank you so much, Chris. You've saved my He's doing well. Uh, but he said this, I found these in his eyes, serving God and others is the key to upgrading your own life. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So reap, give, receive, you know, the key. Upgrade your own life by serving God, serving others. He then says serving God, get this, is simply deciding to love whatever God loves. It's flowing with God. What is God into? Well, it means that you love his house. You love his people. Love his pastors. Love his vision. Love those who are lost. Love those who are outside God's family. Those God wants to reach. And you love the journey of life as a follower and servant of Jesus. You just, you just learn to love the journey. God says, this is your call. This is your plan. And you say, yes, God, I'm, I'm serving that. I'm with you. I'm not going to whinge and complain and do it my way. You can, but it's smart if you commit. And then he listed five qualities of a great servant. They're willing. They're someone who excels. They're honoring of others. They're unselfish. And they're hardworking. I'll say that again. They're willing. People are, you know, their heart's in it. Someone who excels. They do a good job. They don't just do as little as possible. They're honoring of others. And we've talked about that. 
lifting people up, believing the best in people. They're unselfish, well, we've been talking about that, and they're hardworking, as we've already discussed. Listen to this quote C.S. Lewis once wrote, There are only two kinds of people in the end, those who say to God, Thy will be done, and those to whom God says in the end, Thy will be done. Did you hear that? There's people who say, yes, God, your will be done. And then there's others who after a while God realises, wow, okay, that's the way you want it, your will. You, okay, fine. You want to run the whole show, do it. So we have a choice as to how we're going to live. And, and God, he will let us have our own way if we insist. But we're called to servanthood. We're called to humbly submit and serve God and follow his ways and follow his will. And that's why, you know, Joshua challenged the people with the choice and he pointed out you've only got two choices he said you can choose to serve God the one true God or you can serve gods the little g gods the demons the devils the distractions the you know the the pursuits of this world and we don't have you know idols set up in the marketplace like they did back there you don't go to Peter's Meats and get you know the demon stamp on your on your beef and it's not so obvious and brazen like it was either back in New Testament times or even in Joshua's times. But we have more subtle and just as real distractions and demonic influences that are saying, come on, serve me. And he says there's really only two choices. Now, of course, Bob Dylan fans will remember that when he became a Christian in the late 70s, he wrote a great song on the album Slow Train Coming, which I heard someone you know, mention. Uh, and it was called You Gotta Serve Somebody. I don't know if you remember, you're all uneducated, you don't know all the words of this song. This is very, very sad. Okay, we'll have special classes next Sunday before church. You may be an ambassador to England or France. You might like to gamble, you might like to dance, you may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may like sorry, I'm just tempted to the You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve some money. You know how it goes. And he says, uh, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve some money. Okay, apologies to Bob. But he picked up on Joshua's thought that you got a choice. You, you, you can serve the devil, you can serve God. And, uh, and you're going to have to serve someone. And if Joshua was around today, he would be up there at Byron Bay with Dale and his dad Tapping his foot to Bob Dylan, saying, Amen, that's how it is. See, he picked up on the fact that we are at all the time serving someone or something. Because we've got our life energy, we've got our gifts, our talents, our time, the influence we have, and so we're either building something for God or something else. We're, we're building someone up, building something up, blessing someone, doing something to influence someone. And if it's not God, well, I mean, it's not to say that you know, if you're not a full-on raging Christian, you're a Satan worshipper. But there are two kingdoms and there's a battle. And Jesus said, if you're not with me, you're against me. And, and if you're lazy in your devotion and your service to God so that your energies aren't building God's kingdom, then what are you building? If you, if you just live for yourself, then you're indirectly assisting the devil's purposes. Because he's just out to get anyone distracted from God's purposes. It's a win for him, for someone to have any alternative to building God's kingdom. Yeah? So, 
Joshua would not just have been uh, at the Bob Dylan concert. Uh, he would have been here in church. He would have been signing up with or without the free Subway food because, though I'm sure he wouldn't have said no, and neither does the pastor to a Subway cookie if someone happened to, by any chance, give him one. Which I must say, I was particularly blessed because Dale dropped in the other day not just to fix my computer, but he had pinched one of the Subway cookies that the girls had at the outreach that Aaron was running. And it was awesome. It had raspberry in it. I, I, just saying. Just saying how. I'm just letting you know. that I know Pastor Phil Pringle used to, he's, he, I remember one year he let it, he preached about mangoes. He talked about the creation of God. Mangoes, oh, they're awesome. That year he must have got about 10 trays of mangoes. You know, people, I like mangoes. Christmas is coming. Just saying. Subway cookies, even better. Anyway, I was going to say something about honouring people, some back there in the notes. Oh, I can't remember where, anyway. Um, Joshua really did lay his life down and God gave him a better one. And as I said, if he was here today, he'd be in the house of God. He'd be saying, I'm, going to, I'm serving God. I'm building the church. And I think that's a lesson we can learn from. Amen? Jesus invites us to do the same. Come on, let's pray. We hope you have enjoyed this message and feel challenged and encouraged. Please let others know about this free podcast so they too can grow and learn to live their best life. You can find out more about our church and ministries at www.c3cc.org.au God bless you.